Welcome back to the Truth and Gratitude Podcast. This is Brooke and happy 2022. It's been a hot minute since I hopped on here. And so I hope that your new year has been the best. So I have been wanting to talk for a long time and definitely talk about it, but also write about it. And I haven't written about it yet, but here today I'm going to help you, hopefully, but it's going to help me by speaking it out, formulate these thoughts that I've had, I would say for the past month and a half, almost two months. And it is in regards to my faith. This is something that I would say that I don't really speak very openly about. I mean, I have mentioned it from time to time here on the podcast and on the blog. Um, But I'm like, you know what, we're going to talk about this today. Because um, I, I feel like I'm a little late to the game, for sure. But I uh, watched um, the show The Chosen. If you have not seen the show The Chosen, you got to watch it. It is amazing. Um, it's been around for some time. Um, it is a um, basically a fundraised show. Um, it is done so well. But um, they are currently going to be getting ready for season three. Um, but basically, they take donations. And so it kind of takes them a little while to get things out. Um, so you'll notice that there are kind of, you know, several years in between season one and season two. But I have seen this um, show being advertised on my Facebook feed and I think my Instagram feed for a very long time. And I kind of would put it off to the back burner like, hmm, that looks really good, but I'm not really interested in a Jesus show. Um, I'll just watch it later. I don't even know how I would access it. Um, and I would kind of just put it off. And to be honest with you, I have put off a lot of faith-based things off to the side for a really long time. Now, for starters, I'll start off by saying I have literally been in church since the womb days. Okay. Um, I have been in church for a very, very long time, um, which in all actuality, it doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Um, I am a believer. I am a Christian, but I will tell you that I've been out of the faith scene, the church scene for quite some time. And I'll discuss why here in just a moment. Um, but I will tell you that I've been very hesitant to have anything to do with anything faith-based. Um, several of my friends that may be listening to this podcast episode, they're probably nodding their head. They're like, yes, I know we have, listen to you go through this for several years. And that's true. I really have. Um, but I will tell you that in this show, the, the show, the chosen, it's really neat because, um, it really tells the story of Jesus and his years of ministry, but through the eyes of his disciples, the people that were traveling along with him and going and, 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 and doing all of those things with him. And so I, if you were raised in church or if you were raised hearing these stories all the time, you know, we hear these stories all the time of, um, you know, when he would meet the people and, and he would meet and choose his disciples, we would hear stories about Jesus, but I will tell you that my perception of him um, and my perception of the people in those stories, um, I understood it, um, but it did not feel as real to me as it does now with the show. I mean, I'm a, I would say I'm a visual learner, but I mean, whether you're a visual, visual learner or not, um, gosh, you know, even as a teacher, like when you read things to students, when you show them, when you, um, you know, explain things in detail, but really showing them how to do things or showing them a video to explain, it really makes so much more sense. And so needless to say, I would say, um, the beginning of December, I had decided that I was going to read one chapter of the gospel of Luke, um, every day because it's, there is a, there's this countdown thing that you can do for Christmas. And they say, okay, if you read one chapter of Luke every day um, in the month of December, then by the time that you get to Christmas day, you will have read the entire story of Jesus's life from birth to death. So I'm like, okay, I'll do that. 
Um, and it's been a while <laughs> since I picked up my Bible. Um, and I was hesitant doing it. And I, I was very private about doing it. Um, because of everything that I've been with through, basically been through with quote unquote religion. Um, so I decided to start reading the gospel of Luke and, um, it got to the point where I was really looking forward to every day, picking up my Bible and reading another chapter. I was becoming almost obsessive and addicted to it, which is a great thing. But then what began to happen was I started watching this show, The Chosen, at the same time that I was reading the book of Luke in the month of December. The month of December where, you know, even if you don't freely talk about um, your faith, even if you don't freely post on social media about Jesus Christ, it's like the month of December is like the easiest month that you could like come out of your shell and be like, "Ooh, I love Jesus because, you know, Everybody, you know, sees the nativity scenes and everybody knows that um, this is the time that we as Christians celebrate the birth of Christ. And um, so all of this is going on. And what's starting to happen is I'm starting to notice um, a change within myself and I'm freaking out. And you may be saying, Brooke, why are you freaking out? This is weird. Like, why would you even talk like that? Well, let me just start off by saying... um, Like I said, I have been a Christian for as long as I can remember. I remember my grandfather passing away, and I remember asking a lot of questions about when will I get to see my grandfather, and is he going to heaven, and I want to be able to see him, and all of the things. And I remember my dad basically leading me to Christ um, at our kitchen table. He pulled the Bible out, and we talked about it. I just got into my life. And, um, yeah, it was a done deal. From that moment on, I was, like I said, always in church. Um, I went to the Sunday school and then I went to the church service and then we would go home for lunch and then we would rush back at like five or six o'clock at night and we'd go to a church service then. And then we also went to, you know, the spaghetti night dinners, you know, on Wednesday nights. And then also, you know, on Sunday nights we'd have a wana. I mean, it was just like, it was, it was always something at the church. I mean, every time I turned around, we were always at the church. And, um, so that was my childhood. Um, a lot of time spent in church. Um, during this time, as I'm getting older, I am witnessing a lot of things happening in our home, um, that did not match, right? Did not match the way things should have been done. And needless to say, we're all human beings, right? I mean, of course this is going to happen, but I'm seeing these things from my parents' divorce, um, through seeing really, truly a, the true side of my father. Um, and it's causing a lot of turmoil, definitely. So kind of fast forwarding a little bit, Really, I truly felt like I did not dive in, didn't fully understand, didn't truly like be all like, yay, Jesus, until I was right at the end of my high school career and going on into college. And I will tell you that, I mean, you know this, I mean, I'm sure some of you have felt this before, that we as Christians kind of... um I don't want to say we stick out like a sore thumb, but yeah, I guess I'll say it that way. We do. We stick out as a sore thumb in this world. And Jesus even talks about that, that, you know, we, we are supposed to be different, you know, not saying that we're better than anybody or anything like that, but we're supposed to be different. And, um, and the world at times does not agree with the way that, Christians or the things that Christians are proclaiming. Um, I mean, this is, this is all in the Bible. Okay. So in my high school career, I was all about being like the cool girl, the, um, sexy girl. I know that kind of comes across like, Whoa, but truly I was always like trying to be like a hot girl. And, um, I don't think it did a very good job at that, but you get what I'm saying. I was always trying to be like, 
that girl, you know, and I did not really go around talking about my faith that much. Um, it was kind of like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, I, yeah, I go to church, whatever. Um, but then I act however I want, you know, anywhere else, which again, we're human. It happens. Everybody goes through this. Um, I digress. So I'm continuing on, I'm going into college and I become very involved in my local church. And it was the first time that I'd ever felt like, wow, like I felt like this, my faith and the things that I was experiencing were my own. Um, this wasn't, you know, this, I I wasn't doing things the way that, you know, I was raised to, to do, which, um, isn't a bad thing, but I was able to experience my faith in a completely different light. You know, the church that I was going to is non-denominational, um, which just means, you know, we just kind of, I didn't really have any rules to follow. Not that I knew of when we came in. Um, we're just there to praise God and learn. And, um, and it was, it felt real. It felt so great for a little while. And then I began to realize, and this happens to many churches, Um, so I don't say this in a judgmental way, but I say this to the people who are in the same shoes as I am, because this is where I've been for a long time. I began to become involved with my church, meaning not only was I going and going to all the events and all of that, but I began to actually, um, serve and begin to have certain jobs and certain roles in the church. And then I began to see and hear things that I just truly did not want to know about. (laughs) I didn't want to know about, you know, um, who the pastor was having an affair with. I didn't want to hear about, um, you know, certain money that was coming and rolling in and where the money was going and who was doing who. I mean, I did not want to hear or see those things and nor should you see or hear those things. Those things should not be happening, you know, and I'm not saying this happens in a lot of churches, but I'm just saying that oh my goodness, it really, it it just, it turned my whole perspective. I mean, it just, it turned it upside down. So right in the beginning of my early twenties, I decided to go and study abroad in Mexico. And during that time, I just remember, you know, getting all these emails about, you know, here I am on a study abroad trip. And I just remember getting emails and and messages from people, um, in particular, uh, the youth pastor that was there at the church that I was with constantly getting these emails about, you know, um, you know, you need to go and witness to people and you need to go down there and be a missionary. You need to tell people about Jesus down there. And, you know, the people down there are just, you know, they, they're not living the the right way. And they're in there and they're, it just, some of the messages came across extremely, um, judgmental. <clears throat> and I just remember thinking like Mexico is Catholic. <laughs> like most of Mexicans are Catholic. They know about Jesus. They may not have the church like we have, and they may not do the things that we do and they may not worship the way that we worship, but you know, they know about Jesus. They got this. And I, by the way, I'm not here on a missions trip. I'm here studying abroad. So my view became very, um, I became very bitter. I became very bitter towards the church in whole. I got a bad taste in my mouth because I began to see the humanness of the church. Understandable, okay, um, but it was very hard for me. But like we hear it say, it said all the time, the church is like a hospital. It is for the sick, not for the healthy. We're all sick. We all got things going on. And the church is built and created by humans. You know, where the humans run the church. So, of course, there's going to be things that happen that are like, whoa, you know, maybe not to the fullest extent that my church had gone through. Um, but it's not going to be perfect because we as human beings are not perfect. And here we are running the church. Okay. Needless to say, I came back from Mexico from sitting abroad. I had a horrible taste in my mouth in regards to really, uh, for a while I had a bad taste in my mouth um, in regards to God. Um, 
I didn't want anything to do with um, church at all. Um, I had a bad taste in my mouth in regards to Christians. And the bad taste that I had was the fact that I had watched so many people proclaim the love of Christ and raise their hands in church and worship and, um, and do all these things on a Sunday morning or Sunday evening. And then literally, literally ransack people's lives during the week. And not only was that people that were in the church, that was in within my own family. I remember hearing my dad, you know, proclaim God and use verses in order to skew them a little bit so that he could use them in such a way to where it was like, you know, you're really abusing the word of God, you know, and you're acting this one way in front of people of religion, but yet you are raising hell in our home. And it was so hard. And I just was like, I'm washing my hands clean. I will now define for myself what I'm going to have to do with God. I'm not, I'm not having anything to do with this. And I didn't, I didn't. And I haven't for a really long time, but I will tell you this. I just came to this realization and this realization was, I had been saying for a long time, Oh, you know, I've just been running away from God for a really long time. I've heard that said to me before, you know, you just keep running away from God, you know, but I began to realize, oh my goodness, I have not been running away from God. (laughs) I have not. In fact, I have seeked out God in private, in my own home, in my own car, um, when I'm outside and outdoors. And in my mind, I thought, oh, I'm not doing Christianity the way that I'm supposed to. I'm not doing things the way that other people are saying that I should be doing them. Therefore, I am out. I'm running away from God. And that's just not true. I, for so long, have been running away from the hypocrisy and from the hurt and from the judgment of people right? That's what I've been running away from because I'm like, "Mm -mm, nope. If I have, if I feel like, like someone is judging me, right? Or telling me all of these steps and all of these rules that I have to follow in order to, you know, in order to have Christ proud of me, then I want nothing to do with it. It's not that I don't want anything to do with God. It's not that I haven't praised God. It's not that I haven't talked to God. It's just, it's because it's been a very private thing. So for many years, I haven't talked about it here on the blog. I haven't talked about it here on the podcast. I haven't freely discussed my faith because I have been so private about it to the point where it almost feels uncomfortable to even mention God, Jesus, Christian church. It feels strange it even coming out of my mouth to other people. In fact, to the point where it becomes strange to even mention these things to my own husband. And I mean, I'm just being raw and honest with you guys right now. But something has happened within the last month and a half. I I would say something has happened. I would say within the last three years. Um, But it's been even stronger the last month and a half. And I think a lot of it has to do with this show. So what I wanted to tell you about the show was that if you get a chance to watch the show, The Chosen, it's amazing. You're not going to find it on Netflix. You're not going to find it on YouTube. Um, you, you may be able to look it up on your smart TV and it may pop up. I think the first season, the second season I did have to purchase, but you don't have to purchase this at all. Okay. Literally go into the app store, download The Chosen, and you get all the seasons for free and you can just um, cast it right onto your TV. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan of most um, Jesus films. Okay, I remember growing up and my granny really loved like all of the Jesus films. I'm talking like <laughs> the ones that were like in the 60s and the 70s and 80s, like those kind, the, the ones where it's like horrible acting. Um, I, I'm not a fan of those. <laughs> I don't, I don't watch a lot of those. 
Um, in fact, I don't really watch any Jesus films, um, because I just don't think that they're done really well. I mean, that's just me being honest. I loved The Passion of the Christ. I thought that was really great. Um, other than that, I can't think of another one, but this show, when I tell you, it is amazing. Just how they have filmed it, the music, the acting, it is amazing. Um, but It basically goes through and it shows how Jesus met all of the people that were with him, his 12 disciples, the women that traveled with him, um, had amazing stories. And I wanted to point out, um, five people that I was like, oh yeah, I can relate to them big time. I can relate to almost all of it. And I'm sure if you watch the show, you'll be like, oh yeah, I relate to all of those people. Um, but I will point out five people that, um, I really related to the most. And then I'll tell you the biggest scene that I think that I related to the most. So number one, I really love and I relate a lot to Mary Magdalene. Um, I love how the story starts off. I am not going to spoil anything for you, but I love how it tells her story in the most really raw and honest way. Um, it's amazing. And I can relate to her. She's had a lot of trauma in her life. She's had sexual trauma in her life. She's had some form of abuse in her life. Um, and because of this, it constantly comes back and haunts her. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, like that's, that's me. Cause everything haunts me. No, not at all. But even in her moments where she was like, with Jesus. You know, you think, oh, she's all good now. She's a Christian and she's following Jesus and she's good. Uh, no, she still had moments where she had so much doubt, so much fear. And I'm like, oh my gosh, of course she did because she's human. Um, and so I'm like, I can totally relate to her. Simon Peter. I love this character so much. My husband loves this character so much. Um, he is one of the fishermen and he is fiery. He is feisty and fiery and he has this fighter spirit. I mean, he's like ready to like pounce on somebody, um, and just like, you know, just ready to fight. And I can totally recognize myself in that because I have noticed that I have this fighter type spirit and it's, it's a good thing at, at certain moments, but I think also it comes from being very guarded and having to feel like I got to stick up for myself, you know, like, and I'm going to say what I need to say because I need to stick up for myself. And like I said, in some moments, that's great. And then in some other moments, it's really, it's hard to let that down. Um, but I really do love his character. He's an awesome character in the show. Um, but I do notice that at times because he's such a fighter and because he's so feisty, because he's like a protector, you know, sometimes he relies on his own strength instead of relying on in his really, really hard moments, relying on, okay, do you trust Jesus? Do you trust who he says he is? Um, or can you just handle this on your own? And I find myself, there all the time. I find myself in those moments where I'm like, I've got to control everything. And if I don't control everything, I'm out of control. And I don't like being out of control. And Jesus, God, Lord, whatever. I got this on my own because basically I don't trust you enough to take care of it for me. I mean, that's how I feel at times. Um, so I love who he is and how he changes and his character changes in the story. Um, another person that I love is Eden. Eden is Simon Peter's wife. And I can really relate to her because she is at home while her husband is traveling with Jesus all over. And he's gone for a long periods of time. And she is taking care of her sick mother. Um, no, I'm not taking care of my sick mother. <laughs> but I do really feel that you know, wow. Okay. You know, she has all this responsibility at home while her husband is going and doing other things. My husband works away and is away from home. And there are times, uh, even last night recently, I have pity parties because I'm like, I'm here alone and I have all this responsibility and I know that my husband needs to work and I know that he needs to be away from home, but it's just so hard. And, and, 
so I, I relate to her in that, but also I'm like, wow, she's really awesome because in the show you see her strength, you see where she's very encouraging of her husband. Like, no, you are meant for this. This is your purpose. I'm, you know, I have a hard time with that (laughs) because I'm a human being. Um, but even Jesus in the show comes to her and this is not spoiler alert, but he comes to her and he's like, I see you. Like, I understand how hard it is for you to be home and your husband not be here and, and be helping. And so I see you. And so in that moment, I'm like, yes, like he recognizes that sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's really hard on her. And I love that he still took a moment and, and he was like, I see you and I understand. So I love that. The last character that I love so much that I, one, I will say that if I were any character right now at this moment in my life with everything going on with like just questioning my faith and, and, um, being nervous about all of it, I am 100% Matthew. And if you've watched this show, you probably just chuckled because I am 100% Matthew and I don't want to be Matthew. (laughs) That's not who I want to be. Um, if you don't know who this is, Matthew was a tax collector and he, um, had all these questions about Jesus and Jesus like called him out and he was like, follow me. And Matthew is, he's a little odd. I think, honestly, I think there's something a little off with him. Um, but he questions every little thing. He overthinks everything and everything's very like, okay, well, you know, how is this all happening? Like, what is this all about? I have doubts, you know, I'm not really fearful of what's going on, but how did you do that? And how did you, like, he's just, he's like literally breaking everything down and he's trying to make sense of it in his mind because he's a very like, you know, like he's, he's just very like serious, you know, and I don't consider myself to be a serious person, but like I'm saying in this moment in my life, you know, I have literally kept an arm's distance, not from God, but I've kept an arm's distance of, no, I don't want to read any Christian books. No, I don't want anything to do with church. No, I don't even want to turn worship music on. I want to come to God when I'm ready to come to God. Okay. And if I do any of those things, it's like I'm checking a block, you know, like I'm not fully invested in it because I've been hurt from my past. So I'll just come to it when I'm ready. But then all of a sudden I'm interested. All of a sudden I'm reading my Bible every single day, which is something I will tell you I have never done in my life. I have never consistently read my Bible every day um, and wanted to read my Bible every day. I've never done that. I've never wanted and, and been so excited about the next season of another show. I've never sat here and, and binged, um, watched, you know, um, recent talks from, you know, people, um, like I just literally binge watched all of the speakers from passion 20, uh, 2022. Um, it's the large conference. It's for college age students. Yes. I'm not a college age student, but, um, the speakers were phenomenal. And I'm like, I want to hear everything that they have to say. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, who am I? You know, like, and I think I have this idea of like, who am I? Who am I becoming? Because I am redefining my faith. This is not, this is not Brooke's um, faith walk that she had back in high school, for sure. This is not Brooke's faith walk that she had when she thought that her faith was strong in her early 20s. This is not Brooke's faith walk when she was back in Awana, when she was in, I mean, where's my Awana kids at? Okay. Back in Awana when she was like 10 years old. Okay. This is not what this is. This is, oh, I think this could be the real deal. You know, I think that I, I'm becoming interested in, in, in the word. I'm, I'm becoming interested in like, okay, Um, I've always been a Christian, but now I'm wanting to talk about it more, not necessarily wanting to talk about it. Like, Oh, I'm going to go convert everybody. See, I think that's one thing that I struggle with too, is like when I was younger, you gotta understand I was raised in Southern Baptist churches. Um, and 
I always heard about like, you got to spread the word, you got to spread the word, you got to bring a, a visitor to church and you got to do this. And we got to, you know, we got to uh, preach the ABCs to everybody, you know, the, the, the ABCs to salvation. It was just always constantly like, we got to get more people and more people. And it became for me, I, I'm going to be honest. And if, if you have felt this way before, like I see you, it became uncomfortable because I'm like, I don't want to push my faith on everybody. I don't want to push it down somebody's throat. And that's what it began to feel like was like, I don't want to push my faith down someone's throat. I don't want to drag somebody into church if they don't want to come. I don't want them to perk up and ask questions about coming to church because I've literally nagged the crap out of them. Like I want them to be genuinely interested because they're interested. And not only that, they are interested because they have seen something different in me. They have seen me actually treat them with respect and treat them kindly. You know, I've seen so many times and hey, I've done it too, where we're like, come to church, come to church, you know, be saved, be saved, be a Christian, be a Christian. And then we, in the same breath, can be so freaking rude to somebody like, and act completely in a different way than how we should be acting. And so that right there not only turns people off who are non-believers, it turns off believers too because it did it to me. And I'm like, uh-uh, I don't want anything to do with that, period. Nope, I'm not, I'm not in that business, all right? And I'm just now coming to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm redefining what this means. And you know what? As a Christian, you know, I don't have to do literally 20 things in order to feel like God is proud of me. You know, and I couldn't say that a year ago because I constantly had a reminder of like, oh, you're not going to church. Yeah, well, um, that's not good. You know, that's not good. You should probably go to church and you should probably take your children to church too. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I know. Um, well, we'll go when we're ready. You know, we're not, I'm, we're not ready yet. Um, Oh, you're not, uh, you're not involved in, um, and on all these events and all these things that are going on or, Oh, you're not doing this. Oh, you're not doing that. You know? And I'm like, I don't need that in my life. I, I don't, I don't need that constant nagging. And even as a Christian, I had the constant nagging, you know? And finally at this point, <clears throat> a month and a half ago, two months ago, What's beautiful about the story is that what I found beautiful is that God has been tapping me on the shoulder, I would say for, for at least five years now. Um, and it's been an, it's been a gentle nudge. And what's so interesting is I can see within the last year, how it's gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. The tap and the nudge is just gotten a little bit stronger. What do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is within the last year and a half, in my journal, I'm sitting there reading and every, every single journal excerpt that pops up from every time that I wrote, it has something in regards to, I just feel like God is, you know, leading me in this path or, oh, I was talking to God today or, oh, I just needed to be alone and, 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 and think, you know, relate and connect with God. You know, I just needed, and you can see this pop up. In almost every journal excerpt that I had written within the last year and a half. But what's beautiful about this is that this time around, it didn't take anybody. It didn't, it didn't, there's not one particular instance where, you know, someone was like, oh, come to church. It wasn't any of that. It was, I was able to come on my own accord to God and say, hey, um, I'm here. I've been here. I haven't been like fully like in the water, in the deep end. Okay. I'm just kind of like dipping my toes in here and there. Like I'm checking a box, but now I'm kind of interested in like putting my whole foot in. Okay. Now I'm kind of interested in like wading into the shallow end. Okay. Now I'm kind of interested, like I'm able to come on my own accord. And I think that that is freaking beautiful because I, I personally feel like God's like, yeah, take your time. You know, at least you're by the pool. 
(laughs) Take your time. Think about it like when you're at like a pool party or think about it when you were little, you know, like when I was little, like my family, you know, we always did um, pool parties at my great aunt's house and she had this pool and everybody would be hanging out. And I just remember being little and being young and I did not want to be thrown in the pool. (laughs) I did not. I, I just, I wanted to be able to get in the pool on my own. And I just remember, you know, one of my uncles, he would always pick me up and throw me into the pool, you know, playing around. But I would always be so upset because I'm like, I want to get in the pool on my own. I don't want to be thrown in the pool. Like, I want to be able to get in when I'm ready. And, you know, that's kind of how I feel in this situation is it's like, let me, I understand. Like, if I just like dive right in, then all of a sudden it'll make it better. And like, but maybe not, you know, let me wade into the waters. Let me figure this out. Not on my own, but let me, let me get used to the water. Let me get used to the temperature. Let me get used to these things again, but on my own accord, on my own, not on, not necessarily on my own time, but just let me figure this out. How I want to do this, how God wants me to do this, you know, not everyone throw me into the deep end, you know, everyone tell me, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. And I think that was what I was so fearful of is, is I'm like, all right, look, number one, um, I don't know about this whole church thing. I don't know. Um, because to be quite honest with you, every time I stepped foot in a church, I just was like transported back to like, oh God, here we go. I can't do this. I can't do the, the whole showy stuff. I can't do the whole, like, all right, we're going to be, we're going to be fake. And I'm not, guys, I'm not saying this, that all the churches like this. I'm just telling you my own personal experience of what I experienced back at my old church. It was like, and I was involved in it too. I was wrapped up in it too. Everything was showy, very showy. Everything was like, um, you know, it just, it was overkill. And then lo and behold, you know, when it's not a Sunday, you find out about all of these things that are going on and you're like, Ugh, didn't want to know about that. <laughs> oh no. Cause you almost feel like, Oh wait, was all of that just for show? Like, was all of that fake? Like, what was all that? So I had all this going through my mind and I'm like, okay, um, I'm having a hard time with the whole church thing. I'm having a really hard time. But what's so interesting is that now I'm, I'm interested but I'm interested and I'm, I'm feeling these things out. Um, if you've never been through this in your faith journey, you may be like, what the heck is she talking about? But I'm sharing this with you because I know somebody listening out there knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and so I'm there. I'm right there with you. I'll tell you that my favorite episode from this show Um, this is not a spoiler alert because, um, if you've read the Bible story, then, you know, it's not a spoiler alert, but I'll try not to give as many details. There's one particular episode where, um, Jesus has started his ministry. Um, he has started doing his miracles and his healing, which by the way, now that I'm like, (laughs) you know, when you're younger, you hear all these stories about like Jonah and the whale and you hear about, you know, um, I don't know, Jesus turning the water into wine and you hear about all these things in like their stories. And so you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, whatever. But now as an adult, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like really? Like, do I really believe that Jesus like healed these people? Like, do I really truly believe that God, you know, and like Jesus, like turned water into wine. Like, do I really believe this? And my husband's looking at me. He's like, I don't think you're supposed to say that. (laughs) You know, like, yes, you do believe it. And I'm like, and he, I think he's like, you know, you're not supposed to question these things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But I am. I think that, I think that that shows some growth, like taking it back to Matthew and Mary, like the people who literally followed him, you know, The people who literally put everything to the side and decided to follow him and go with him. In the show, you'll hear them reference. And the show is very biblical. So if you don't believe the show, believe me, uh, there were so many times where I'm like, "Um, I need to fact check that. (laughs) 
in the show I'm like um I need to I need to go and like fact check and so I would pause the show and I'd go back and see in my bible and I'd be like oh my gosh oh my word you know there it's in here and then I'm going um do I really truly believe this you know and that's where you have a choice do you really truly believe it or do you not you know and it really gave me some moments of growth, some moments of growth that I've never really done before because I just, in the past, you know, I just, I just believed it just because, you know, because I, that's just what you do, especially here in the South. You just believe it because that's what you grew up learning and how dare you not believe it, right? But in the show, there is a particular scene where Jesus goes to this guy who is, um, he's, he, he basically can't walk. And this guy has been at this pool. Um, I believe it was called the pool of Bethesda. And, um, he's been at this pool for 38 years, a long time. Right. And, at this particular pool, see, I didn't understand everything in the show at the, at the, at the time when it was playing, but basically what would happen was every now and then this pool of water, this from the, from these natural springs would bubble up, um, just naturally. And the people believed in this particular area that, um, that the waters were very healing now, don't get me wrong. I've said before, nature is medicinal. I've said that there are healing properties of nature, all these things. Okay. But back in the day, people would say, all right, you know, the first person to get to where that water is bubbling up, they will be healed. All right. So you had people who were like blind. You had people who with leprosy. You had people who couldn't walk. Like you had all these people with all these ailments, um, trying to get to this pool of water whenever it would start bubbling up and it could bubble up every day or it could bubble up multiple times a day or it could bubble up when it's a natural spring it bubbles up whenever it wants to the problem was was that it became a pagan site so it became an area where um i think it was hinduism don't quote me on that you can go back and check on your own but it became a spot where other religions would they basically believe this spot was um very healing And what's interesting is this spot was not far from, um, where Jesus was whenever Jesus came to do his, some of his ministry work. What, why I love this scene and what I think is so interesting is Jesus comes to this particular area and he comes to this man who has been here for 38 years and he's looking for healing. He's looking for to basically be be saved like he 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 he's at his wit's end um physically emotionally like he is done and Jesus comes to him and he's like do you want to be healed and the guy's like of course I do like help me to the water you know help me get to this water I want to be healed because he truly believed like yeah like I want like everybody's saying that this thing works and like I I want to be a part of that. And the, to me, what spoke the most during the scene was Jesus looks at him and he's like, look, do you want to be healed? Because you know that this pool of water is not going to heal you. You know, it's not going to work. So I'm going to ask you again, do you want to be healed? And the guy starts breaking down because he's like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, I know, like, I know that this pool of water that everybody talks about is, I know it's not going to heal me. I know it's not. I've been here for 38 years, you know, can't even make it to this pool of water and I won't spoil the rest, but I will tell you that that scene means so much to me because no, I haven't been doing this for 38 years, but I will say that the man that he asked about, he he knew he was raised. He knew really, truly, um, at the time he was Jewish, but he knew at the time about the Messiah coming. He knew that someone would be able to come to heal him one day. 
he knew all these things, but he kind of put it at arm's length. He kind of was like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. No, I'm going to try other things. No, I'm going to go to this pagan pool to see if I can get help. He was at his wit's end. Okay. And for me, I have known all about Jesus. I've known all the stories. I've known all the things. I know. Like, I get it. Like, it's been, it was my foundation when I was being raised. Like, yes, I've done it all. <clears throat> Again, I will say, I I don't think that at any point I ever denied God. I ever turned away from God. I didn't do any of that. But I was like, I don't want anything to do with religion. I still to this day don't want anything to do with religion. I love learning about other religions and and why they do the things that they do. But I don't want to be in the business of checking off a block and following all these rules and doing all that. No, I just, I just want to learn about Christ. I just want to worship Christ. Like those are the things that I want to do. And in my head, I had thought I've got to do all these other things. And I'm like, I don't want anything to do with that. So he tells this guy, you know, this doesn't have anything for you. And I have found myself to where I'm like, all right, you know what? I have known all these things. I'm keeping it at arm's length. I'm keeping it, you know, I'm keeping it out of sight because I don't want to, I want, I want to come to it when I'm ready to come to it. And I'm going to go and learn about all these other things. I'm going to go read the self-improvement, self-health books, which I still love. I'm going to go read all the motivational things. I'm going to go follow all of the top masters, all right, yogic masters. I'm going to learn about all these other things, you know, and you can see it in my journals. You can see where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm. I don't know, I'm doing full moon meditations and I'm doing all these things. And I'm not saying that those things are bad, but I'm looking for all these other things that are going to make me feel happier. They're going to find, find fulfillment. And every time I turn around, I'm like, I don't want to do the whole Jesus thing. Like I want to do this Jesus thing when I want to do the Jesus thing. I don't want to do the whole, I don't really don't want to do the whole church thing. I don't want to do this, but I just kept popping up. And finally, I give in, you know, almost two months ago. And I'm like, where do I go with this? <laughs> and I've come to a realization, like, I don't, I don't need to go anywhere with it. I just need to go with today. And I need to give it my all today. And that's all I need to do. I don't need to follow all of these steps. I don't need to do this whole check in the box thing. I just need to wholeheartedly do what needs to be done today. And so I feel like, you know, God within the last year and a half has been like, Brooke, (laughs) you know, you've tried all these other things, you know, you haven't tried. It's not that you've tried other religions, but you just, you just are not giving it your all and where I think you need to give it. And so do you want to give this a try? Do you want to try this out again? And finally, I'm like, yeah, I'm nervous as heck. I don't, you know, I don't know what this means, you know, like, oh my gosh. And I will tell you the biggest thing, and this is going to sound so shallow, but you know, after I talked to my husband about it, you know, I'm like, I haven't had anything to say here on the podcast or here on the blog for truth and gratitude. I haven't had anything to say. Because, you know, all the other content that I could be creating and coming up with, I'm like, I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about like what's going on with my faith, because that is the biggest thing that has happened to me in the last, you know, two months is this change and the shift in my perspective. And so all I, all I wanted to do was talk about it here on the blog or the podcast, but I'm nervous because I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> What if people think I'm a Jesus freak? You know, it reminds me of that song by DC Talk back in the 90s. You know, what will people do if they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? You know, or it's like a fear of becoming different or it's a fear of like, I don't want to offend anybody. You know, I don't, what if, what if nobody likes hearing about Jesus? You know, like, I don't want to offend anyone. But I will tell you that there are so many things going on in our society right now that it's getting to a point where I'm like, how can I not talk about this? (laughs) How can I not talk about my faith? 
So that's what we're going to do. No, this isn't going to turn into like every time I turn around. I mean, it might. I don't know. But it's not going to turn around every single time I turn around, you know. It's a faith-based podcast, whatever. It might. I don't know. But in my brain, I was like, oh my gosh. If I talk about this on the podcast, like what if no one listens anymore? Look, I'll go ahead and tell you. There's not high numbers on this podcast, so I th- I think it'll be okay. But, um, yeah, you know, that human part of me is like, oh, my gosh, you know, what will people think? What will people think? And, you know, there's another side of me that's like, who cares? Who cares? Like, it is, it is approval of one. <laughs> and, you know what, if there's approval from no one else, that's okay. You don't even know who's listening to this podcast. You don't even know who's reading your blog anymore. So what does it matter? And so that's kind of where I am today. So I know that this probably was our longest podcast episode. I know that um, this is kind of scatterbrained, but I just had had to be open and honest here on the podcast. And I wanted to share about I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know, you know, I don't have all the rules or the right words to say, or I don't, you know, I don't have all the the answers. Um, and I think that's okay. And, um, but I'm excited to see wherever this takes me. And, um, this is what's been going on in my brain literally for the past two months. And it's exciting. And it's also, it's a little new to me. It really is. This is kind of all It's not new territory, but it's definitely, it's definitely a relearning of what my faith needs to me, which is kind of exciting. So anyways, if you are experiencing any of this, like if you can relate, awesome. If not, totally understandable. Um, Definitely go and check out the show, The Chosen. It's awesome. It's free. And you can literally watch it on your phone or just cast it to your TV. As always, guys, I hope that you continue to stay raw, authentic, and you, and I'll be talking to you guys next time.